Hello, and welcome to Better Betting. Here are your hosts, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill, and the ruler of the replays, Eric Rubin. Hey, and welcome to Better Betting. My name is Eric Rubin, and I'm here with my partner, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill. GQ, how be you? I'm doing good, Eric. Uh, my Saratoga annual visit is now in the rearview mirror. We'll talk about that in a bit. And um, my uh, bout with poison ivy, thank God. My uh, dermatologist uh, got me fixed up with some steroids, and now I'm bulking up, man. I Like, you know, my neck is growing with steroids to help combat my hyper reaction to poison ivy, poison oak, poison sumac, poison whatever in the hell it was I touched. But yeah, I'm on the on the mend and uh, I'm ready for my real vacation in two weeks. Which, even though I'm on vacation, I'm going to make every effort to um, do the podcast because hopefully we'll have a special guest that, since I'm trying to get him. You know, it, it would be nice if I show up for the interview. <laughs> that would be very nice of you. So you said we'll talk about it later, but let's talk about it now. I'm curious how uh, we didn't really speak much about it. How did uh, Saratoga go for you? How was the visit? Oh, it was supposed to be kind of cloudy, you know, highs in the upper 70s, threat of rain, which wasn't all that great. You know, just for clarification, got up there Thursday night. We stay through Sunday. Um Friday turned out to be a non-event as far as weather. It was hot. It was like 88 to 90. Um, it was very un-Saratoga-like because I think of the nine races, the highest $2 payoff on a win was 11.40. So uh, really couldn't cash anything decent. Friday, Friday was a, another day where there was, you know, the heavens opened up around the fifth, after the fifth race, poured down rain. And then by the time they came out for the sixth race, it was just drizzling. So I uh, helped cool things off. But uh, overall, eh, it was probably um, not one of my most memorable visits. I mean, sun, we usually take in. Uh, the early races on Sunday then had a out of town, but uh, Sunday, you know, it was kind of wet, rainy. They took races off the turf, and we were like, let's just get out of town. So it was only Friday and Saturday at the races. Um, the uh, it it was surprisingly not crowded. I I really anticipated big crowds. I don't know if the threat of rain did, uh, took away, but uh, you know, you know, low twenty thousands, I'd say, mid twenty thousands. Um, but um, you know, it, you know, any any visit to Saratoga is a good visit. So yeah, I'm trying to get up there. I know I have um, definitely be up there uh, middle of August, but I'm trying to get up there one or two other times as well. Any? Uh, did you stay in town or did you stay out of town? We we always stay in Albany. Oh, okay. 30 minute drive that, you know, down was 87 or something like that. So, you know, it's, it's cheaper. It's a lot cheaper. I, I want to say, I always go up with my friend, Chris, I'll give a shout out because he's a loyal listener. Hmm. Uh, 
I like going with Chris because he's he's he he likes driving. He don't mind driving, and uh, we 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 caught good traffic or no traffic or hardly any traffic because we took a new route um, versus kind of like since we're in Central Maryland, we used to go up kind of like through Central PA which in reality drive time was almost an hour, like instead of five and a half hours, six and a half hours. But we always avoided like 95 going up to New York and then taking the westerly route up the, up through uh, to Saratoga and Albany um, because we just figured traffic would be hell. But we drive up Thursday late afternoon and we still made it in great time. So I think, and then coming back Sunday, since it was kind of a crappy weekend, you really didn't have a lot of the beach people coming down the Jersey Turnpike. Plus, since we just bagged Sunday, uh, uh, traffic was a non-factor. And I think we, we left Sarah, you know, Albany at like 9, 9.30. And I, I was home by 1, 1.30. So um, travel-wise, it was good. Uh, Saratoga itself... Um, just like I can guarantee any other resort or even just in anyone's town, if you're going to go out to get something to eat, expect to wait in line because these places just don't have the help. They're hurting. I mean, we always traditionally hit Hattie's, uh, Friday after the races and we always leave. We never wait till the last race. Cause we'll just walk. We always park right on, uh, is it central or union Avenue? The main, the main drag. Uh, probably U- unions, the one that runs parallel to the track, like the top of the stretch that side. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, we kind of park in between the track and Hattie's. So when we leave the track, we just walk to Hattie's. And so, you know, when we got there, cause we left right before the last race to beat the crowd, we always like, you know, sitting outside versus inside, uh, kind of like next to it in kind of like the alleyway. And they they only had like one or two servers. And so they, they weren't seat, seating everybody. I mean, when we got there, it was no line, obviously, because it was kind of early. But by the time we left, there were at least six parties hmm. of people, you know, waiting to sit down. And it wasn't that tables were filled they just weren't seating you know to capacity because they they didn't have the help so i know a a few of our listeners you know were planning on going up and ask about different restaurants and places to, to go and it's like if you can get a reservation all all the power to you um but yeah just uh don't don't blame don't blame your waiters and waitresses uh, if you go somewhere and you have to wait because that, that's what the deal is everywhere. You know, everybody likes that extra unemployment check instead of working for a living. So, um, that, that, and so, so that, that's what anybody going up to Saratoga, if you want to go out to dinner, just keep that in mind. All right. Thanks for the, uh, advice as I'll be heading up there soon. Yeah. COVID broke my, I'd have to count how many years since I believe 1993, I had been up at least once every summer since 93 until COVID last year. So what's that about, uh, 17, 27 years, almost something like that. 
So looking forward to get back. Uh, we never really had a, all the years I'm going, I don't really have a go-to dinner place. We kind of mix it up a little bit. What we tend to do is we stay to the end. Sometimes we even stay for simulcasting from Del Mar for an hour, hour and a half. We'll go for drinks and all. So by the time we go to dinner, it's like 930 and things are open and we just go wherever we're eating kind of late. So uh, maybe that's why. But I do love Sweet Mimi's for uh, breakfast. I think I recommended. So it's on Fila Street, which is right in town. It's like a block south, I want to say, of Caroline Street. But highly recommend Sweet Mimi's, except for August 13th, because I'll probably be there. So don't go. It's a small place. and <laughs> There's often a wait. So August 13th, avoid. But every other day, I, I'd recommend uh, some excellent breakfasts and pastries there. So uh, let me ask you, when, when yeah. you are at the track at Saratoga and you want something to eat, do you have a go-to uh, vent vendor? Yeah, there, there's only one thing. Well, there's two things I would eat, but only one thing I usually get. Uh, I would eat Shake Shack. They do have uh, by the paddock there. I, I would eat that, but I usually don't get that. Uh, I happen to like the uh, pizza they have. The wood, there's like a truck. I assume he's still there. Yeah, it's still the, there. The wood-burning yes. truck um, outside the carousel room over there. So that's my go-to. Usually I go for like a two-day stint each time. So I'll, I'll go a couple times a summer, but for two days, one night. And uh, when we get there, let's say, like I'm going on a Thursday this year. So that'll be my lunch probably Thursday and then possibly again Friday. We'll see. But it's actually pretty good, I think. Uh, you know, it's not the greatest pizza in the world, but for, for track food, if you're used to Belmont's crappy food, <laughs> a, a lot of Saratoga's <laughs> crappy food too. I'm sure they have new stuff now. They might even have a new vendor I heard about. So it's probably gotten better, but A, it's expensive and B, it's not that good most of the stuff. So I would definitely recommend the pizza. What about you? Any, any uh, yeah. recommendation or what do you have? Yeah, well, I, uh, we typically would always stop at the lobster hut and get the lobster roll, but no lobster hut. There, there is another yeah. place I want to call it, it might be called Fred's or whatever. And they're selling the lobster stuff or whatever. But I can't go $27 for a lobster roll at the racetrack. I, I have my limits. Yeah. Um, $8 so, so for the other <laughs> Yeah, the other alternative, which is like two stands from the fire burning pizza, because you, you got the, the, like you said, the fire, the wood fire pizza. Then you got Ben and Jerry's right next door to them. And then next door to them is the mac and cheese truck. And I always like to get the mac and cheese, the buffalo chicken and stuff. Um, it's $13 this year. I think it was 12 last year, but that's okay. But in reality, I think the best deal at the track is just one of the Saratoga track vent, uh, uh, vending stands. It's, it's that section of uh, food service that's in the grandstand, you know, parallel to where the um, um, winter circle is, just inside the grandstand, and they sell all kinds of stuff. And they have uh, like chicken tenders and fries for twelve bucks, and and they're good, huge. About you get about four or five huge chicken tenders, white meat. It was good. Waffle fries. So for twelve bucks, that. That, that was good. but um, <laughs> Our, our, our version of good food is a little different, though, because I've seen the pizza you've got at Pimlico, and 
I wouldn't <laughs> touch that, let alone forget it was good or bad. I know you said it wasn't good. But the fact that you ordered it tells me your food, I don't want to say knowledge, but your food acumen, you can't order pizza there. At Pimlico, I'm talking uh, about. But I'm not getting pizza there. I didn't get pizza there. I got chicken tenders. Uh, my point is, if you even think about ordering the pizza at Pimlico, <laughs> then I cannot take too many food suggestions. Seriously, no matter where well, I, I, yeah. you're going from. I, I don't claim to be a food critic or a food aficionado. Whatever can fill GQ's belly to its satisfaction, and, and, and that's the other thing. I don't have a very discerning palate. I'll eat anything that's not nailed down. So, it, you know, just food. <laughs> Well, you, know. you want to know the discerning palate. Earlier when I would go, when I was, well, I won't say how old I was. I don't want to get arrested. This statute of limitations probably up. But let's just say I might not have been 21, but there used to be, I don't even know if it's still there. There used to be a pizza hut. Uh, I think it was like a, a half a block off of Broadway, right in the middle of town or towards the south end of town. And again, this is like mid to late 90s. They had pitchers of beer and I want to say it was like $4 a pitcher or something back then. Three, It was like ridiculously cheap. So believe it or not, <laughs> one or two years, we would go there, sit there for like an hour and a half, two hours, eat our pizza, have plenty of the beer, and then just walk to town and have a couple of drinks. But um, so my discernible palate is questionable too. So I can't just pick on you. Um, anything else? I know you mentioned a few things you want to uh, talk about before we get started. I know we're going to yeah. do the late pick five you know. on Saturday at Saratoga. Yeah, still talking about Saratoga. While I was up there, you were you were pounding, um, you were being uh, the promoter of the DRF bets promotion uh, up at Saratoga. So you want to tell me and our listeners about that? What's going on and and the good, the bad, and the ugly of of, of what you've discovered? Sure. They um, I generally use DRF bets to make my bets because I get a albeit small, but I get about a 2 to 3% rebate. I know people get more, but I don't know how much I bet that I would qualify for that much more anyway. Probably somewhere I could. But I get 2 to 3% off. So that knocks down takeout on like a pick five from 15% to like 12%. So it's not a bad thing. Uh, I get free programs, pretty much unlimited, free workout reports. So um, there, there are perks for using, uh, for using DRFS for me. Well, I got an email from my liaison, if that's how you say the word, uh, my, uh, you know, concierge to uh, DRF right. bets, who emails me, you know, how much credit I get each week and emails me workout reports. So he wrote in the email that they're having for the summer a bonus that if you bet win on IRAD, any horse that he rides and the horse wins, they'll match your win um, collection or how much you collect up to $25. Meaning if you bet $5 to win on a five to one shot, he rides, which is rare, but and he wins. If you bet five to win on a five to one, that's 30 bucks you get back, right? 25 plus a five. So 30 bucks. They'll match, not all 30, but they'll give you $25. So you're getting $55 for it. So I'm like, this is amazing. So first couple of days, I'm like, I'm just going to bet him every race because I'm, I'm going to bet him where I get $25 back if he wins. This way, like, so if he's on a seven to one shot, I'll bet like three to win or whatever, you know, maybe four, but three to win, so okay. like 24 and I get 24 back. This way I get double the ROI. I'm like, his ROI generally is like $1.40, $1.50 for every $2 bet, or maybe even higher. I'm going to double that. I'm like, I'm going to get $2.90 for every $2 bet on him. So 
there's a limit to how much I can collect, but I'm going to get like 200 something dollars a week here. He wins like eight races, 10 races, it's, you know, eight races a week, which he wins more than that. That's $200 a week minimum. Plus any money I bet to win that he actually wins. So I'm like, this is going to be great. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get a few thousand bucks this summer for free. So I'm betting it, betting it, yada, yada, yada. I see on Twitter a few days ago, a little more info about it. And it says that it's got to be a minimum $10 bet, apparently, which I didn't know. So I wasted a lot of that. Actually, he won in a few of them, but um, I didn't collect what I wanted to. And then uh, it had to be from a mobile device, which I think I did, but I'm not positive because I was using my iPad on a few of them. I don't know if that counted. Uh, and then it says it, it's expired July 31st. All of that was not in my email from my liaison. So kind of threw me off. Well, anyway, I'm still up with it because I got 75 bucks back for three wins. I didn't get for all his wins so far. Uh, so I'm still up with him and I'm pretty much going to bet him every time 10 bucks to win. Unless I like him a lot, I'll bet him more or the values there. But uh, I, I think I'll still make money off it. But it was like a golden goose at first. And now it's still good. So it expires July 31st. If you're interested, you can uh, sign up for DRF bets. I'm definitely not getting any money for them or recommend it other than the promotion that you can get for the next uh, seven days. And of course, I rise off to one of his worst starts at Saratoga. <laughs> I know he's got like seven wins or something, but he's winning like 12% right now, unless he won uh, the last race at Saratoga, which for him is very low. So anyway, but yeah, that's that's uh, the IRAD bonus bonanza, I guess you can call it. So yeah, so so yeah, the, so I guess the, the, the $10 minimum takes away the possibility of doubling your money in a way right it can hurt the roi it's listen it's still good value i think overall but yeah it makes it harder because now if he's on like a six to one shot you know if you, you have to bet 10 to win instead of doubling your roi you're getting 25 more than 70 so he's still adding you know like 20 percent uh you know extra on top of what you bet but it makes it a little uh you know a little worse but actually now if you bet the three to five four to five even money shot for him you're you're doubling it you know you can bet easily 10 to one and double it so that's where the value is going to come uh you know betting <laughs> an even money shot but getting two to one even money which i know doesn't sound like much but hey it, every bit helps so um so, so that so that's the asterisk next to our better betting um uh <laughs> mantra <Yep>. there you <laughs> go all right. Anything else before we get into the uh, late pick five? Nah. Yeah. I I just had a goofy thing. You know, we talk about you know getting a uh, uh, couple of the the minor tracks who who seem to be doing a good uh, uh, thing with promoting the 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 horse racing industry, promoting their product and anything else that. Uh, kind of thinking outside the box of what horse racing could do. It's like, put some fun into it. But then again, I'm, I'm sure this would take one dedicated person in that track's facility to handle this. You know how like baseball players, they have walk-up music? You know, tracks who don't have their track announcer say anything during the post parade, you know, as a, a number one secretary written by Ron Turcotte owned by, you know, what, a, you know, if, 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 if there's silence during the post parade and the track connapse is not saying anything while well, they have walk up music for either the jockey, the trainer or the owner of the horse. I think that'd be wild. <laughs> you, you know, know what? put they, some fun into it. They, 
remember, I think it was last year or two years ago at Saratoga, maybe. Don't you remember like either the Travers or a couple of the big races, they did that where jockeys came out and they blew the smoke uh, and they, oh, like, yeah. one of them might have thrown like LeBron powder or something like that. They definitely did that once, not often, but for like a big race or two, it was televised. Yeah, so. that's, that was cost of Fox Sports. You know, that was part of their shtick. Okay. But no, I just thought, you know, thought it would be So what's your walk-up song if you're a jockey? Mine? Mine is um, uh, Take On Me by AHA. And you're, everybody's there like, what the F is he is that Take about? Me take On, on Me, Take On Me, you know. That's yeah. just a cool, cool song, upbeat, very upbeat music. Plus, it's like Take Take on me, take me on. It's like, hey, okay. You think yes, you I definitely. I'm the man, you know? I think trash talking when I think that song, sure. <laughs> Maybe Eamon Harmy would, uh, <laughs> he might need something like that. Or Harky. Eamon Harky. Eamon Harky. Or, or Jalon Samwell. He can have, Eamon Harky can have the He-Man uh, song to him. <laughs> but, oh, all right. You ready to uh, tackle the pick five? Yeah, here? I think we've waste, wasted enough time talking about other things people aren't interested in. Maybe drop, you know, dropping some names. Who knows? Yep. Maybe one of the years we'll get a sponsor. Maybe. So anyway, race seven. It starts on Saturday, July twenty fourth. The late pick five. They have eleven races. I guess there's going to be a middle pick five when they have eleven races now. So uh, this is the late pick five. I actually I don't like the sequence. I'm a little chalky in parts of it, but, um, you know, you got big fields and uh, I kind of like the sequence. I'm also going to talk a little bit about, or a lot about putting together tickets, you know, again, without a guess, even though we spent like 15, 20 minutes chatting it up, uh, we saved some time. So hopefully we, uh, we have time to talk about the actual betting structure and ideas here. The first race seven, I actually have some strong opinions here in this one. Uh, there's one or two races I do not, but seven, I do. So on paper, it lo- there's a couple things that stand out to me. Number one, first glance, it does look like a wide open race. If you just look at like speed figures and the level they've been running at, it seems kind of wide open. I don't see it that way after studying the race, but it does seem open. And the other thing is, which is no shocker for New York, there really seems to be a dearth of speed here. Uh, in fact, one of the horses I'm going to use a little bit, I-, I don't really like that much, but could be on the lead all alone potentially, but your guess might be as good as mine there. So GQ, since you did have some time this week, I think, and I always hog the spotlight, would you like to start with your thoughts on race seven? Yeah, sure. I, uh, you know, we, we, we had some banter about, uh, you know, guessing who the, you know, program selections might be. And I, I had some thoughts, uh, and, uh, Shockingly enough, I thought uh, the 12 horse future victory um, would be a lower price than 12 to one. And, and you had mentioned that you, you saw more as maybe as low as six to one. You know, I, I thought possibly nine to two, five to two. And, you know, I, I doubt if you're going to get 12 to one on a horse that I riding now. And the reason why I kind of like this horse was that, you know, his last race, first time blinkers, he, he, he wakes up. But been, this is a race that's restricted to three-year-olds. And I like when three-year-olds are coming off of races, like running against, you know, three-year-olds and up. 
plus, you know, 5,000 starter, or I'm sorry, 50,000 starter allowance, three-year-olds and up, were his last three races where he was far from being overmatched. Must have been kind of weak fields the last couple because, you know, he went off as either second or third choices. Um, But he's back with strictly three-year-olds. And uh, if you get anywhere close to 10 to 1, on on this horse, I, I I I'd have to put a few shekels on him. Your thoughts? Yeah, I do not like him at all. Um, okay. <laughs> if he's a price and you want to use him, go for it. Don't let me talk anyone out there of Alpha, even though we both think he won't be twelve to one. If nothing else, because of Pletcher and Irad, uh, I, I, he's racing. You said it. He's. I don't care that they're older. They're weaker than this. That was a starter allowance. It's significantly weaker. Um, you said it, so I'm going to kind of repeat it, but he was second choice basically probably, or three to one, two to one in those races coming off of races that, you know, aren't even close to some of these. So the fact that he was close there and not to mention his last race, you know, you said he woke up because he didn't put up his biggest speed figure and he won the race. He like saved ground. He had a really good trip there. It was a decent pace to close into. So I, I, would it shock me if he wins? It wouldn't shock me. His figures are somewhat close, but if I had eight horses to pick, he would not be in my top eight here. I don't think. Um, so no, I'm, I'm not with the, uh, the 12 there. I will say, I will say, even though I mentioned him and, you know, I, I, I kind of like him at that price. I'll, I'll backtrack and say, I probably wouldn't put him in a pick five and here's and and for uh, you know one of my stupid one of my stupid angles is that i love horses second second time blinkers but when a horse wins first time blinkers they rarely come back and repeat and 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 win again so i'm playing the percentages oh you know on, on on that so with that being said, I'll I'll mention another horse that I know you're not going to mention is the five horse uh, Siglioso, and here's the re- here's the angle. Okay, the horse has run seven times, two times with Lasix. Best two races, a win, maiden win, going a mile on the turf. And lost by a nose uh, at Gulfstream, two back on a firm, firm turf. Didn't didn't have Lasix, all, you know, the other five races. Gets Didn't have Lasix the last time on a yielding Gulfstream turf. So comes back, you know, the, his, his Brisnet turf numbers aren't aren't bad. They, they match up against... Uh, probably a couple of the horses you're going to mention and like. So at 15 to one um, with Lasix again, uh, Sigloso, I, 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 I put him in my pick five before putting the other one. Well, I don't even know where to begin with those comments you just made. You tell me you like the 12 horse future victory, 12 to one. We agree he'll be a little short of price, but and then you're not going to use them in the pick five? <laughs> it doesn't make any oh, sense. No, it, it, the reason why I mentioned him, you know, because you wanted me to start, just because I start to mention a horse doesn't mean I'm in love with him and that's who I'm using. 
I just mentioned him because I thought his morning line at 12 to 1 was kind of far-fetched All right. based on, as you advertise, the, the greatest morning line maker who's ever graced this earth. I don't see the 12 horse going off at that price with Irad. Um, and and I that's the reason why I mentioned the horse and I mentioned the fact why I kind of liked him, but then I backtracked and said that I wouldn't I wouldn't use him in my horizontal because of my goofy ass angle, you know. But just because I talked for five minutes about a horse, so, like someone else on this podcast, doesn't mean I am in love with him and I got using. Well, at least I'm, I'm, I'm talking about informative. Him. I'm informing right, our listeners. At least I like the horse I spent five minutes on. So, 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 so let me ask you a question. I, I hate to believe this. Like. I, well, I want to get to that. But So if a horse runs with blinkers second out, you like them. Unless they won the first time. They know they won, so they're not going to run as fast second time with the blinkers. No, they're, they're, they're going to regress. That makes So if you would have lost by a nose, put up the same I, speed I figure, you would bet him. Are are you a you're a DRF guy? Do you you don't get the formulators though, right? I don't. I no. I don't use. If that. if if anyone out there has DRF formulator, and I know nothing about it because I don't subscribe. I subscribe to the dark side, um, Brisnet. But I assume formulator. You can put in all kind of, you know, scenarios, and it spits out. I would like to see a horse who won. With blinkers, first time blinkers, what they do in their second start. All right. Only the ones that won. And I can probably guarantee you the win percentage is single digits. Well, the only reason it would be down is because they probably step up in class. But all right, let's go to the horse I like. First of all, you did mention let's the five, which you said I wouldn't like the five, 15 to one morning line. I did like the five. And you basically mentioned the reasons why, for the most part, um, I don't know about the Lasix thing. It might be coincidental because his highest speed figure um, was two back, but it matched one four back where he didn't have Lasix. So I don't really care about the Lasix for him. Uh, but to me, two back, he ran pretty well. Um, he, where did I write? He had a slightly slow start. He had a three wide trip mostly. So he covered a lot more ground. The only thing, is, and he put up a decent figure, but that was against state bred, Florida bred allowance right. horses in June when the you know most of the connections have yeah. shipped out already from the championship meet long ago. So I don't know what he beat exactly. So that's what holds him back. I can excuse last race. It was yielding, and he uh, got cut off early, but not awful, I wrote. But he did get cut off. Two to three wide trip, but he sat in a decent spot. So, you know, last race, whatever. You can make some excuses, but I think the yielding, the fact it was a stakes race, he was only four to one, so probably not a great race. So I don't love the five, but for anywhere close 15 to one, I'm okay with the five, not the 12 though. Uh, but let's go on to the horse who's going to win the race. And that would be the nine. I don't know how to pronounce it. Moncad. I listened without uh, the sound on here. The nine, Pletcher Velasquez. I hate the, uh, the the so-called touts who pick these horses at like, you know, 10 to one morning line. They know we're going to go off seven to two. And they're like, oh, I picked a 10 to one shot. I was a little surprised six to one morning line. I'll be pleasantly surprised if I get anywhere close to that. I don't think he'll be like a big favorite or anything. I think he might be second choice to the 11, but I think he'll be more like seven to two, four to one um, at best. But we'll see if I get six to one. Awesome. But there's a horse I, I definitely like. Came off a layoff two back, broke his maiden and ran pretty well. He was three wide during that race. So he covered a lot of ground and that's a Gulf stream where, you know, three wide is probably not the way to go. I didn't think the Viren at the start was much. 
And then the big thing last race, he ran at this level, came in fifth. So yeah, he came in fifth, nine to one. In fact, he was nine to one tells you that it's a tough race, right? We talked about the 12. The 12 was like three to one in a race where he was coming off of, you know, not that great a race. This horse came off a 80 buyer speed figure, breaking his mean. It was only nine to one. If you look at that race, June 4th, public sector came in first. Mirror Mission was in here second, original third. Original and public sector came back to run one, two in the Manila Stakes the other day at Saratoga, I believe that was. I think it was at Saratoga. It might have been Belmont still, but I think Saratoga. Great. Original had a pretty easy lead, all that. But the point is, I think he's coming out of the toughest race of all these, even including some of the stakes races that some of them are coming out of. So to me, not only is he coming out of the toughest race, he ran great. He was very headstrong in rank almost the whole race, fighting Joel the whole time. Uh, he was three to four wide in that race, so he covered a lot more ground. I'm guessing the, the rankness and the headstrong part of it was he probably didn't even like the yielding turf. There was no pace in the race and speed held, yet he closed some. It wasn't amazing, but he closed. For all those reasons, toughest race, wide trip, uh, maybe he didn't like the yielding. He was headstrong, rank most of the race. I had to take a lot out of him. He should show a little more speed if they let him run, I think, this in a race with not much pace. This is a horse I really like, and I will definitely be keying around the nine. In fact, there's a good chance I single him in the pick five. If I don't single him, I'll talk about the others real quick, but um, if I don't single him, I will be using um, him more in the pick five and pressing with him because I do like him, and I'll single him in pick threes and doubles, all that we'll talk about. Just real quickly, the old, uh, you mentioned the five. The six is coming out of the same race as Munkwat, the, the nine. Uh, he had a little bit of a better trip. He was three wide in that race, so wasn't ideal, but he wasn't all that rank and everything. Uh, the speed held, and he was closer to the pace, which helped, but he closed pretty well. Again, tough race he's coming out of. He ran well in that race. I just think he's kind of a consistent type here. I think the nine is more upside, third off the layoff, and I thought he ran a little better last time, believe it or not, even though he lost by a couple lengths to the six. But I like the six. You mentioned the five. And then the other horse who... Looks like he has a shot, the four, to me. Uh, not that he has a shot, but that I like. The four, Ombre, coming off his maiden, nine to two. Uh, he ran pretty well, put up a good speed figure. Thought the race set up for closers. He was pretty close to a pace. He was two to three wide. He's got to go against tougher ones. And his, his first race was pretty good, too. He was bumped hard early and lost several lengths of momentum. So that first race was a lot better than it looks as well. Uh, I probably had him last time, I would bet. Uh, at five to one, just because of the fact that his first race was much better than it looks. So he's a horse who um, stepping up in class, but definitely rates a chance. And the fact that he was five to one tells me it was a pretty tough maiden race as well. So perhaps that maiden race was tougher than some of these others races that they're coming out of. I'm sorry, JQ, what were you going to say? I, I mean, um, what, what were his uh, buyer numbers in those two races? His first race, he got a 76, but again, that was with significant trouble. And then, 83 last time with slightly okay. wide trip. So, so that, that, that kind of falls in line with the Brisnet. He got an 88 and a 95, which both of those are by far the best two numbers of in this field. Um, so that, that's why I originally thought he might be uh, the morning line choice, but he's second choice behind the 11 uh, space launch. Yeah. It's a step up in class and, the reason for it, I don't see him being uh, too much shorter than nine to two, despite the uh, speed figures, but maybe, maybe it will be. So what am I doing? Oh, and we should mention the 11 because he is the morning line favorite and he rates a chance. He came off a layoff last time. 
I thought he got a pretty good trip, though. He was mostly saving ground. He did slightly check on the second turn to get off the rail. Um, but overall, he got a pretty good trip. It wasn't like a major check. And he just got out-finished by the top two. So he should get better off the layoff. But he hasn't run a couple months since then. I know it's Clement. He's pretty good off the layoff anyway. So could the 11 win? Yeah, he definitely could win. But at a short price, for the most part, I'm okay leaving out or going against there. So... How am I betting this race? Well, vertically, I'm going to key the nine in everything. So, assuming the morning lines are correct or close to correct, even if he's like five to one, nine to two, it's not really going to change my mind here. The nine, if he's like two to one, then I got to think about it, but he won't be. So, I'm going to put the nine over the four, five, six, seven. So, nine with four, five, six, seven, possibly in exactas, but triples and supers. I'll key the nine on top. Then what I'll do is because I think the six is like a consistent type who's coming out of the tough race also, I'll put the nine over the six. So I'll go nine, and it's in triples and supers. I'll go nine with six with, and then a bunch of horses. I mean, not too many, but the, the ones I mentioned, the four, the six. I'm going to throw in the seven. I mentioned a horse who could be the lone speed. I can see the seven with Santana going and trying to wire this field. I don't love him otherwise first time on the turf. Uh, he has a Dynaformer mare, so uh, dam. So, um, you know, maybe there's some turf breeding there. I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I'll definitely use him as well in that bet. And I'll throw in the 10 just because I think the 10 at 30 to 1 or 20 to 1, whatever it be, is better than he looks. Coming up a maiden win where he had a slow speed figure, but he had some trouble in that race. And uh, I, I thought, you know, he ran very well. He just probably didn't beat much. He was favored in that race. But, Anyway, so what I'll do is nine with six with four, five, seven, ten. If you want to get chalky, you can throw in the 11 too, I guess, for third. And then I'll do the same thing, but I'll move the six around. So I'll go nine with those other horses, four, five, seven, ten, maybe the 11, with the six and third. And then I'll put those horses again in fourth in the super. And I might even do nine with those that big group of horses, with that big group of horses, with the six and fourth in the super. But I'm going to keep the nine pretty much on top in every bet. Uh, I could move him to the second spot if he's 6-1, to one, but that's kind of how I'm approaching this race. If he's 6-1, I'll bet him to win. I'll single him in doubles. Now, I didn't look at the earlier races, so I can't speak for like race 6, race 5. I'm going to have pick 3s and doubles to him, but I, I will single him in definitely pick 3s, uh, possibly doubles as well, and uh, go from there. And I might use a 4-5-6-7 in the pick 5, any or all of those with the 9, but most likely I'm going to single the 9 here and just have it for a few extra bucks. Um, I know you said you like the five. You think the 12 is uh, the wrong morning line. He's much higher on David's morning line than he should be. Any, uh, any other thoughts here you want to add? My, you know, my top, the, the horse that I like the most, if I would, you know, somebody puts a gun to me and put, you know, says, okay, who can I single? I, I'd use the four. So that, the four. Know, that, yeah. So, all right. You know, that, that's who I would lean on in, in a, a you know single win bet. Maybe, so you know may, maybe I use the four and the five in a, in a vertical. All right, and or, like I'm sorry, a horizontal. A horizontal. Excuse me. Sorry. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've yeah. totally confused everyone. Let's move on to the eighth. All right. Yeah, I won't add more there then. Okay. So race eight, a one mile turf maiden special weight. This one's on the inner turf, which perhaps help speed but i don't know if i buy that uh but inside post is preferable although they have some run to the turn there's a race that's kind of wide open in my opinion i i'm having trouble with the race there's a couple of horses i like but 
I don't have a strong opinion. I'm not betting this race vertically, almost definitely, uh, but it is in the pick five, and I like other races, so I have to do something here if I'm going to play the sequence. So GQ, once again, I will allow you to start this week, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go all the way on the outside. Th- this horse I do like to, the, on top, and it's the nine-horse Ego Trip, six-to-one morning line. Four-trainer, Kentucky... Uh, um, our Keeneland-based trainer, Brendan Walsh, Tyler Gaffleone, my man crush, turf rider. Uh, first time Lasix, first time in the States, second career race. Uh, you know, these novice stakes, but and that was even on synthetic. I mean, you can't get any better than um, uh, No Name Never, who sire is scat daddy. Uh, definitely a turfer. Should love the added distance. So, uh, you know, the, 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 obviously the morning line favorite, the, the three, Chad Bram, Irad, Peter Brandt, they're going to take all the money. The horse did first two times out, going off at seven to five or three to two. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to go with the foreigner and, uh, you know, the, the thing that I would have loved to have time to do, and maybe you did, all the short comments for the ones who have uh, raced were very interesting to the point that I would have loved to have go back to see the replays to see exactly uh, what issues there were. So please tell me that you did. I did. I saw all the replays, including number nine, Ego Trip, who ran at Newcastle in uh, England last time. And I like the nine, too. I mean, again, I don't really have a strong opinion, but in his race, the nine, he got off to a slightly slow start. It looked like he brushed the gate. There's no head-on, so it was tough to tell. Um, but it looked like he brushed the gate and very slight stumble. It wasn't anything terrible, but it definitely cost him like a length or you know, at least half a length to a length in position. Uh, and after that, it was basically a merry-go-round race. There was like a 90-to-one shot that led in the field who faded to last. But if you ignore that horse, who I guess had no shot in that race, it was pretty much a merry-go-round, except this horse came from like fourth or fifth and closed to get second. He was no threat to the winner. So really the only horse to make up significant ground. I don't know what he beat. If that was a decent field or a comparable field, then I like him a lot here. My fear is who knows what the heck it was. I have no idea. Um, I believe that's Jamie Spencer, the jockey, who's one of the – am I right about that? You know, Who's one of like the better yeah. jockeys? So I assume it was a decent race oh, considering – uh, if that's who it is, you know, it's not like some no-name jockey. I could be totally wrong if you follow English racing. I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure. But, yeah, no, I like the the nine a decent amount. There were four horses here that I kind of lean to that I'll probably use. Um, the nine is definitely one of them. Uh, the others, I'll go real quick, the other three, because, again, I don't have strong opinions. Two of them are a little shorter priced, and, um, well, the nine is six to one morning line. The other one's ten to one. So let, let's go through them other than the nine. The one, split, then double. Chad Brown horse, Jose Ortiz, three to one morning line. This horse was coming off a layoff last time, running at this level. He closed. He got, first of all, he got off. You said about the the comments. He lost two lengths when he hit the gate. I thought so. He was like spotting the field two lengths. After that, he saved ground, which helps. So that might have made up a length or length and a half of uh, that slow start. But he had to wait and slightly alter in the stretch. He had to wait on the turn before he got room, and then he had to slightly alter in the stretch. None of it was terrible trouble, but it was a little so between the slow start, I thought he ran pretty well. And if I had to pick a favorite in the race, you know, he would be the one that 
probably will be. And, and you know, I shouldn't say probably because you got Ired on the three might be the favorite, but um, he should improve, or she, I should say, should improve second off the layoff. That's the one split and double. So I think that horse rate's a, a good chance. There really isn't much speed here. It's hard to guess who the speed's going to be. Maybe the four stretching out, uh, and I'll get into that, or the five. Um, let me just finish up. I shouldn't go outside tangent there. The other horse, the two, Baby Blythe for Joel Rosario, Shagmigehi. Had one lifetime race. It was back in December at this level, uh, a mile on the turf. There's a horse who put up a 68 buyer, which is slower than these, but that was as a two-year-old in December. I'm sure she's better than that now. Um, saved ground in the race big time. Would have won. Oh, so she was closing. She would have won easily, like by a length, I think, if not more. But she got totally closed off and just had nowhere to go. So the two horse would not be a meeting without the trouble that time. Now, did save ground, so that makes up for some of the trouble. But that was a, a crazy thing. And I don't know. I didn't. I don't remember that race. Maybe I was betting that day. Maybe not. Anyone remember Baby Blythe, December tenth? How there was an inquiry. How they did not DQ the winner in that race was mind-boggling. This horse was flying by. I think it was the one horse came out at her. She was trying to split horses, like two off the rail came out and closed the hole on her and she got like totally stopped. So anyway, my point is she would have got like a 75 buyer. That was back in December would have won easy. So the one and the two to me are the best two horses here uh, in the race. So um, I like those two. And then the four and five rate the speed. I think I don't like the four that much, but 20 to one possible bone speed broke very badly. Last time, this is the four good talk really badly rushed up right away so i think and that was going six furlongs so i think this horse will want to show speed and will show speed here break was really bad but didn't do much running other than a little bit of a rush up so i i don't really like the four but if you want speed you got louis saez you definitely raise a chance maybe i i will throw her in because she if she is 21 the other horse i want to mention quickly was the five midnight choir jonathan thomas 10 to 1 morning line horse who ran it two last year in october is her only start um, she had a bad start, about one and a half to two lengths slow start, I wrote. But she also saved ground, which made up for it. She ran against some pretty decent ones. Honey Pants won that race, is a stakes-placed uh, horse. And, of course, Miss Brazil, many people remember. She had more success, I think, on the dirt, but she did okay on the turf as well, a race or two. So that was a, that's a stakes filly who just ran a week or two ago in a stakes, I think, in Saratoga, actually. So maybe that was last week at Belmont. So... She ran against some good ones. You're going to get good value on the five because her speed figure is low, but that was as a two-year-old a long time ago. Thomas is excellent. John and Thomas is excellent off layoffs. So, and I think this one will show more speed because of the fact that she got off to a slow start and that was in a sprint and the blinkers are on. And between the four and five, I expect one, if not both to go. We usually don't get speed duels. I don't know. Maybe Louis more aggressive than Manny, but I just think the five is a better horse. So I was going to use a five, but maybe the four. So I'm going to go a little deep here. I'm going one, two, five, nine. I might throw in the four. Uh, if you have, I don't want to keep talking forever on a race I don't love. If you have any questions about any other horses' trips, please ask or you know let me know. But uh, what else did you want to add on this race? I didn't want to add anything. Tell you the truth. I, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a maiden race uh, of horses who've proven that they don't want to win. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's. Somebody eventually asked to win. Um, I I didn't look at uh, the pedigree, uh, you know, the the of the Bill Mott's first timer, but 
you know, Bill Mott never used to win first time out, uh, but now all of a sudden, over the last three years, he's he's 13% uh, with a positive ROI, so you can't totally dismiss Bill Mott first-timers anymore. I mean, the breeding's impeccable, nice, nice you know, turf pedigree based on Brisnet. So, uh, you know, they paid 400 and 485000 for the horse. I think it's just going to be a wide-open, interesting race, and Probably in the end, Chad, Irad, and the Brant will win at six to five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm going to try and beat that horse. Nothing against the horse, but I don't know. I mean, I, I couldn't find, you know, all these horses have legitimate excuses and problems and issues and ran fairly well anyway. With him, I haven't found anything, and you're going to get a short price. I, I know he can win or she can win, but um, I'm going to try and beat that horse here. I, I'm not I, using So, that. So – you, you know, before before we even started talking about the handicapping segment, you said unfortunately, you landed on what you thought would be a lot of the favorites. Um, I don't want to give away anything if, if 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 you do have this opinion, but in the sequence, is there a horse that turned out to be the morning line favorite that you'd be taking a stand against? Well, this would, I guess this would be the one that I would be taking a stand against. This is the only morning line favorite. Well, in the 11 in the first race, too. So two races in a row. Of course, they're both. Well, actually, the other one was Jose Ortiz. I think not I ride. This one's I ride. So, yeah, the first two races, I'm, I'm taking a stand against the morning line favorite. So there you go. So I'm not too, too chalky, hopefully. Okay. So, yeah, right. we can move on. I, I have nothing more to add. All right, race nine. I, I'm going to. Assuming the morning line is somewhat accurate, I question this one. Uh, I, I will bet this vertically, and I'll talk about that at the end. But this is a race that I'm almost definitely also singling. I have three probable singles in the in the pick five. I guess I can go deeper and then just press with my singles, meaning you know, 50 cent bet I'll have a little wider ticket because it's so cheap, and then I'll have a dollar, two dollars, whatever it is, you know, with my singles. Um, so race nine, I'll just say the one horse, and I'll let you go, and then I'll wrap up with a few other horses. Uh, the six caramel swirl, I I think will be closer to even money than five to two, but maybe I'll be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I just I don't see this horse losing here. I I'd be surprised. Has a little speed, so can make his own trip. You know, if she was like a deep closer, maybe gets trouble, no pace or something like that. But should be able to make her own trip here. And by the way, this is uh, race nine and allowance first level allowance for just over a hundred thousand seven furlongs on the dirt. Caramel Swirl, Bill Mott, Junior Alvarado. She ran April 9th at Keeneland, broke her maiden by 10 lengths, putting up an 88 buyer speed figure, which I want to say is uh, significantly better than anyone's run here, I believe. Yeah, much faster than anyone here has run before. Uh, I guess Amendment 19's first race got an 84, so somewhat close, but still ahead. Then she was in that eight bells on the um, Oaks, Kentucky Oaks undercard. And I'm sure many people remember that race. I, I liked obligatory. I might even singled obligatory at like 10 or 15 to one that day. Uh, one of my few wins there probably, but that was the crazy, crazy pace day out of the office. And I forgot the other horse that ran with her and it was just insane pace meltdown uh, day out of the office held on almost, which was remarkable. Obligatory was way back in last and she uh, got the ideal setup and she's a good horse despite that. 
I think her progress looked like it was a little faster with that race because it looked like she, oh, she's already there. She won her grade two because she actually ran better, I think, the next race, even though she didn't win, coming in second to, uh, I don't know, Bonnie South was in that race, someone else, I, I can't remember. But anyway, the eight bells, insane pace. So what happened with Caramel Swirl? First of all, that was in grade two with some horses that are much better than these, much better. She breaks one to two lengths slow, which I'm like, all right, you know what? Maybe it didn't hurt because it was such a fast pace. You want to be in the back. Then she goes on a three to four wide move. So she covered a lot more ground than many of the other horses. She got at the end of the turn, almost the top of the stretch to within a length or maybe even less of the lead on a hot pace. So you break slow, rush three to four wide. I mean, she didn't rush right away, but eventually into a hot pace after spotting the field a few lengths. So you had to run faster than the others to get to that lead or just about with a wide shirt covering more ground. And then predictably she faded against better. I mean, this is like, this is like a two to five shot to me that it, I can't imagine five to two. I don't want to sit here and tout like a five to two shot, like I'm a, a brainiac, but how does she, if she doesn't, you know, something not wrong with her, her, her workouts look good. I mean, I don't see how she loses this race. I don't even want to waste money on any other horse to, you know, bet with her to me, uh, super sensational who I liked a lot. Uh, what was that uh, a week ago or whatever, when she won at like six to one, seven to one. She came out of that same race, and she had a better trip than this one, and that was a great in stakes race that she was in, and this is a, an allowance race. This is like, I don't know, this is candy from a baby race to me. I know it's horse racing. Anything can happen. I just don't know if you're getting five to two. I, I would love it if you get five to two, but don't expect it. I'm going to single, though. Unfortunately, it's the third leg, so you don't know the price. Maybe that's better. I won't have to look at it, and I'll just single and try and move on from there. All right, so I just spent five minutes on a horse, but at least it's one that I think is winning and won't lose. So what are your thoughts either on that horse or anyone else? Right. I, I'm not going to argue the fact that you've made a case for a five to two should be two to five. I'm not that bold, <laughs> but what I'll do is, okay. So if, if uh caramel uh, swirl is a sure thing, then I'm going to give you a, a price uh, for a vertical bet to put underneath and then throw some horses in between. So I'm going to give you the one horse glass ceiling, 12 to one morning line uh, has the third highest Brisnet prime power number. And this horse, she's a definition of an ATM. I mean, she just runs every race and uh, yeah, it's been kind of at the same level uh, for the past, eight months she keeps cash check checks she shows up and i think the fact that uh she's getting back to seven furlongs the extra distance will help and uh you know you're not you're not going to complain about the uh, the jock owner right she claimed no, by good. charlton baker who every once in a while at saratoga he'll 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 shock i doubt he'll shock in the winner's circle but you know, if you're looking for a price and you're a triple or super effective batter, I'd, I'd like maybe, uh, you know, if you really think uh, the the six horse is unbeatable, go a six, not all. I, I, I don't subscribe. I never like the all button. I think that's a, le le that's a, you know, cheap way out of, you know, you're not going to tell me that, you know, if you like one horse to win, 
And then like I'm I'm proposing a, a 12 to one, maybe in the third hole for a trifecta bet that you think that everybody else in the race could run second. And I say, no, there's horses that you should be able to eliminate to cut down that ticket, especially if you're going to put the you know, prohibitive favorite as the key horse. So, but Hey, you know, for maybe a, a five hour bet, you know, you put five in the second hole. Um, maybe it's worth your while. If, if you get that price in the third hole, your, your furrowed brow tells me that uh, you, you don't agree. No, my furrowed brow was, I was watching on my phone the, uh, what is it, the seventh race from Saratoga today as we're recording oh. this on Thursday. Um, and it was a good furrow. I, I tried to beat uh, Brad Cox there, and I did it two to one. So I only got four to one on uh, the 10 horse, whoever. I don't even remember who it is. Chloe Rose, Castellano, and Bruce Brown. So six to one morning line. But yeah, I was, uh, anyone watching on Thursday, you can check my numbers. I was five, six, seven, ten in the, uh, I don't even know what it came in. I, I didn't bet vertically, but anyway, I move on in the uh, somewhat chalky pick five. All right, but anyway, um, I don't really like the one glass ceiling. I hear what you're saying. She's over nine at least at this level, at least so I can see on the PPs, but three seconds, two th- uh, thirds. So she gets in the money, but I think this is just too tough of a step up. And I agree with Charlie Baker. He's a very good trainer, uh, especially at Saratoga. But um, yeah, I, I'm not with glass ceiling. But I wouldn't argue if you want to throw her in second or third, anyone. The horse that I actually like second most is the Chad Brown three horse. Uh, that's in treat, 10 to one morning line. Again, I don't know if you're going to get that, but maybe you will because it's Tyler and not Irad on the horse. And you can wonder why it's not Irad. I really don't care that much because I'm getting a, a solid jockey anyway. But in treat, his, her first race was pretty good last year. In September, she ran at Churchill, 73 buyer, breaking her maiden. She was squeezed at the start and lost the length or so. And then had a three-wide trip and was just, even though she only won by half a length, she was by far the best in that race. Comes off a long layoff, whatever that is, about six, uh, no, about nine months. Comes back in June at Belmont. Runs at this level. And she runs like, kind of looks like a dull six, eight lengths back. Never really, you know, in the start. Toss head lunge at the start. This was about as bad a start as you can have. You can just totally get rid of that, uh, race in my opinion and she's in a 66 buyer it wasn't like she was that awful she was pretty bad but um but she probably needed the race the start gave her zero chance and if she shows any improvement off her uh debut which i would think she would now uh, i think she has a, a chance for saying i still think the six caramel swirlers uh as unbeatable as you're going to get in a horse race i i realize it's a horse race anything can happen but um so i would i would put the three with the six most like you put the one i would put the three so vertically betting this I would go six on top, and I'm only using six on top, with the three second, and then the five, seven, eight for third and or fourth. I know that's a little chalky third, uh, you know, in the third spot with the five, seven, eight, but I just don't see any of the other horses having much of a chance. But if you do substitute them out, you know, but, uh, you know, I am having hopefully a 10 to one shot. And I'm assuming the morning line is somewhat accurate. Again, I think Caramel Sword will be shorter. Uh, and then I'd also do the six caramel swirl on top of the five, seven, eight with the three in third. And then if I want five, seven, eight and fourth in supers, but uh, everything's going to revolve around singling the six in multi-race bets and uh, keying the six on top in the verticals. And if, if he's two to five or she's two to five when we get to this race, maybe I just won't bet the race. Or if the three is like three to one, four to one, I don't see it. But if, if she is, you know, then maybe I'll change my mind. But for Anywhere close to the morning line, that's that's the way I'm betting this race. Six 
and three underneath the six, either second or third, and throw a few others in with them. Any uh, any final thoughts on the race? Nope. Let's move on. Okay. Race 10. Uh, this is a race where I would not bet vertically personally. Uh, on paper, it looks like it's probably a two-horse race, but anything can happen. Uh, and those two horses are the one Caravel, the two Robin Sparkles. I guess the morning line's a little different. I thought Caravel would be, I think I wrote to you like six to five and eight to five or something I wrote. Uh, I just thought you flip-flop Caravel and Robin Sparkles, Caravel the favorite, but it really doesn't matter either way. Uh, the morning line doesn't really matter. They're, they're going to be close. Uh, the two Robin Sparkles has the edge in a way because she has more speed, you think, looking at it. But when they ran against each other April 30th off the layoff, Caravel was actually in front of Robin Sparkles. Uh, so he had the, she had the jump on, on Robin Sparkles. And you're going to Ira now, who's not known for early aggression, but obviously a, a top rider. So that can't hurt Caravel getting a, a jockey upgrade there. She's coming off a race where she had like a perfect trip. So her, her buyer is probably inflated. So I, I don't know. Usually I don't like playing those horses because you're overbetting them. Uh, the two Robin Sparkles, though, her, her races, she has, like her last race at least, she had a pretty easy lead to get that 94 buyer. It was against Open Company. It was a tough allowance race, but, I mean, she was the favorite, so it wasn't like she was beating anything that much better or better than her. I don't know. Either one can win. My, my problem is, I'm like, all right, let's say they hook up or something like that, which usually doesn't happen in New York. Where is the alternative? I just, I don't know. I'm hoping you might have an alternative. Do you, or is it one of those two? Well, no. Uh, I... I think what you're you're talking about the one and two hooking up. Well, regardless hooking up, just because no one ever hooks up in New York, but um, at least horse racing wise. So, do you see anyone else well, here, with a, a shot here? Here, here's my thought. Go ahead. Diaz uh, on the sixth, Jacquard is going to go. So if, Maybe, if you're but... looking, if you're looking for something to to you know make Robin Sparkles exert more energy early than uh, she typically does. I'm on board with the fact that I'll, of the two, you know, chalk in, in this race, gun to my head, I'd take the, the one over the two, even though, you know, three races back, um, uh, Robin Sparkles got the best of uh, Caravelle. You know that that was going six, not not uh, uh, five and a half. Well, and um, you know, I I just think uh, the way Caravel finishes is stronger than um, Robin Sparkles. If the six does go go out, and Saez is one of the few you know in New York who who does like to 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 get a horse going out. You know, a, a horse that, you know, if anybody, you know, gets a wild hair up their ass and, and wants to try to do like an ice cold exact, a, a horse that might um, actually surprise and, and get get in the money um, is the three horse, Tass. Because I look back, I the, the name sounded familiar, and... You, everybody's saying, well, yeah, you're mine. The horse is a distance horse, you know, hasn't been around for the last 11 months. Um, blinkers off in a new barn. It's been working out uh, consistently since uh, 
uh, the end of May. Looks like uh, the new trainer is uh, training some speed, or at least, you know, closing speed in, into the horse. The horse's first race, he's got, you know, she's got 11 lifetime starts. The one that doesn't show in your PPs was her debut at Laurel going five and a half on the turf, and she ran second that day. Got got kind of was on the rail. Trevor McCarthy was on her, didn't get off all that well, closed nicely or whatever. So, uh, you know, the, the, the speed figure, obviously, when she was three, wasn't all that great. But if you're willing to take a shot at a price to try to get a halfway decent price exact, uh, I'd give the three a look <laughs> underneath either in a cold, ice cold exacta with whichever chalk you like or uh you know straight triple you're i'm not laughing you hate pick the three or anything because listen there's not much in the race after those two i don't think and why can't she just close as well as anyone but your logic is based on a meeting claiming race she ran over two years ago but hey oh, that, whatever what works I, what i my point was you look and you're saying, no wonder this horse is three to one. You know, she's a distance turf horse who hasn't been out for over a year. Then again, I might be full of it. But why do you bring a, a mare who hasn't been out in nearly a year back in a grade three? Probably because the racing secretary says, hey, you know, can you enter this horse? You're hey, on the ground. It's a grade three. We have like five horses. One or two of them aren't yeah. that good. So if you come in, you have a chance to become a check and maybe even get lucky and come in third. That's probably right. why. But listen, I'm not going to knock the pick as far as 30 to one. I'm just knocking the logic behind it. But um, I, the, the five four. listen, I ran as a jockey. I, I usually don't put too much stock into jockeys in New York because they're all very good, I think. But I think Irad's just so smart. He's either going to shoot out of the, ga- of the gate there and go to the lead and not look back, or if the six Jakarta goes, the two goes, he'll be the one who sits back off the pace duel and he'll close, kind of like Robin Sparkles did to Caravelle. You mentioned Robin Sparkles beat Caravelle or finished ahead of Caravelle when they last met on, uh, was it, April 30th. But in that race, Robin Sparkles sat in third off the pace and Caravelle was dueling another horse Probably not going to happen this time. If anything, it's going to go the other way. I know Caravelle's inside, so you know, inside post usually you say, oh, they got to go out, but it's a small field. I rather will do what he has to. So I'm looking if the one, the two, the six, if there is a little pace somehow, which again, it's New York, so there probably won't be. Who would I want as like an alternative, maybe to close up, even if I don't think they'll win for second something? And that left me with the three orders. I don't think Tass, uh, first race in a long time, new trainer, five furlongs, prep, whatever, just throw them in the race. So I'm tossing that horse, but again, if you like tasks 30 to one, right, then close, go for it. So that left me with the four of the five, and I don't like Jakarta. I think Jakarta's been a nice horse, but I think she's seen her better days, and I don't think the race is going to set up for her. Maybe she can sit behind, but so that leaves the four and the five. The five flower point will, well, I shouldn't say will be the shorter price. Maybe won't be. Maybe they'll be similar price. They're both eight to one morning line. She had an amazing setup in the last race to win a second level allowance, optional claimer. It set up for closer. She did have a slightly slow start, but I mean, that race just collapsed. You couldn't ask for a better setup. So even if she gets one of those setups, I just don't know if she's going to be good enough here. And she's already five. So how much better is she getting? So as much as I love Chug McGahee, as much as I love Joel Rosario, I'm, I'm going to pass on that horse. And 
If I go with a second horse here, other than Caravelle, who I, I, I'm going to lean to, as I said, over Robin Sparkles, uh, I'll maybe throw in the four as a second horse here, and that's in good spirits. I don't like the horse that much, but a couple things going for her. First of all, she's a four-year-old making her second start or third, I guess, but second off a layoff. Uh, and you could argue this is a layoff too, I guess. Uh, so she has room for improvement. Al Stahl already has a winner at Saratoga. So, you know, I don't know if that means anything, but the Kentucky Warriors have been doing fairly well. Coming out of a stakes race, uh, her race two back on January 30th, uh, she closed. Again, it was against not as good as the top two here, but at least she closed. It wasn't like the five horse. Well, point who got a great setup. It was just like a normal race with, you know, speed closers. They could have done equally as well. So she ran well. And then last race, it was yielding. Who knows if she took to the turf or not. Um, again, it, she was 7-1 coming off an 87 buyer, so it was a decent race. Uh, I mean, look at Robin Sparkles. She was, uh, what is that, 9-5 last race coming off of like 86, 88 buyers. Now, they were against top of competition, but in good spirits coming off an 87 buyer, similar buyer to Robin Sparkles, was 7-1. So maybe her race was as tough or tougher than Robin's uh, Sparkle last race. So I can see in good spirit, maybe coming in second, possibly winning if they hook up. So in my pick five, I'm going to use the one four. If the nine in the first leg is like a six to one or eight to one price, which I don't think so, the one I'm singling, because I'm singling, if he's a price, maybe I'll throw in Robin Sparkles too, because she definitely could win. Uh, but I I'm more on the one and I'm going to throw in the four here as my two horses I'm going to use. Any thoughts before we go on to the finale? No, let's uh, wrap it up with race 11. All right, you want to start or you want me? I'll start with a trivia question. Uh-oh, the 21 was coming. I, I, yeah, I, I, think, I think that this was your era of teenage music. Um, does does uh, the four horses name ring a bell as far as music? No. Does the musical artist Debbie or Deborah Gibson ring a bell? Yeah, I actually believe she's from Merrick, Long Island, which is not far like the town next to where I grew up. I'm pretty sure she's from a little older than me, though. But yes, that was that was one of her, I think, B hits was called Electric Youth. I can tell you that when I was a teenage music fan, um, you were no offense to Debbie Gibson if she's a listener or any of her friends are <laughs> listeners. But yeah, I, I was not listening to Debbie Gibson. So I was, uh, I, I was listening to Nirvana was, uh, was my go-to thing in, uh, high school. Well, you know, you got, you got to understand a, a guy who, if he was a jockey, his walk-up music would be aha's take on me would know about Debbie Gibson. So perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's your trivia that I failed. I had no that idea. Was, that was my trivia question All right. for you. Go ahead. Tell me if you're using so the, maybe, uh, maybe the owner of, of the five horse electric youth, Andrew and Warner was a Debbie Gibson. It was his heartthrob when he was a, a wee lad. Uh, and that's why, because I see no other reason why based on the, the pedigree, why you would call the, uh, this horse electric youth. Perhaps we can, uh, we can ask Andrew Warren one day if we meet him, if uh, maybe he's a, well, he's probably a New York guy. He's a New York bred. So we'll, we'll try and find him at uh, Saratoga when I'm up there. Sounds good. All right. So you just so, tell me about music yeah, or who you like here? With, with that being said, I really, um, 
I ran out of time, but you, you had an opinion of, of a horse and maybe I had the wrong horse that you thought was going to be a short price in the last race. Yeah. And he, he is a short price. Oh, is he? Okay. I wrote down the Gee. wrong one then. Number seven. Uh, my lips are oh, still okay, right. Yeah. I mean, listen, this is going to be tough horse to beat. I think seven, my lips are sealed. Uh, there's a, First level state bread allowance, a mile sixteenth on the inner turf. And last race she ran at this level after running against open company. And those those fifty thousand starter allowance. Remember we saw I think the first race we went over today, race seven, the twelve horse, that I ride horse was coming out of fifty thousand starter allowance right. racing. But he was going into open allowance company. Those starter allowance at fifty are usually very similar to the state bread first level allowance. And you can see by the odds even of my lips are sealed, right? She was, that's not a way to definitely tell, but I'm just through experience. I know they're very similar. You know, she was three to one in that race and the 50,000 starter. And then she was three to one in the state bred first level allowance. So they're very similar races, but at this level, she came in third, but a few things about that third. First of all, if you're into speed figures, she was significantly higher than the others for speed figure that race. That's one thing. Uh, another thing was that the race favored closers a little bit and she was up on that pace or close. I mean, she sat a good trip off the pace, but then she went to attack the pace, maybe a little early move there. So she, she ran well in that regard. Also spongy who came, uh, the, the first place was runaway rumor. I sh probably should have looked it up. I just realized she came back to win spongy who came in second, came back to beat some of these horses, I think. And won by a lot of lengths. Spongy won by seven lengths. Like if you look at the five electric youth who you mentioned, also ran at this level last time. Spongy yes. won that race by seven. So the horse that my lips are sealed lost to a neck to by a neck to came back to win at this level. Runaway rumor, I'm assuming won at a higher level. And another horse in that June fifth race, my lips are sealed. Um, that he com she comes out of was Kinky Socks, who finished towards the back at sixteen to one. Well, just look at the one horse, Carriage Dreamer. Kinky Socks came back at this level and won by three lengths, three and a half lengths. So that was a very strong race for the level. Uh, she ran very well. You can even upgrade the buyer speed figure, in my opinion. So to me, my lips are sealed. It's going to be very tough. I'm not trying to beat her as much as I want to price. Uh, I hate giving out chalk and all that, but that's who I would just single here and call it a day. Uh, I would actually bet the race vertically because I would just key on top, kind of like I was... I think Caramel Swirl is more of a lock than this horse, but I don't see either one of them losing, uh, you know, too easily. If anything, this horse would lose. And nothing against Eric Cancel; he's a fine jockey. But you know, Eric Cancel and a little bit of an outside post, I can see maybe some trouble. But I'm not going to knock Cancel because he's fine. Uh, and maybe you won't get four to five because it's Cancel. Maybe you will get seven or eight to five because it's Cancel. If it was Irad, you might get like eight to five, uh, three to five, something like that. So. That's why I'm king on top. I have one or two others that I like a little bit that I'll use underneath him, but I can't see using in the pick five. Again, I kind of have three singles in the pick five, so I could go deeper, and I'll talk about that at the very end. I'll wrap up with a ticket here. But um, do you want to speak about it, or do you want me to mention the other two or three horses that I would use under? Well, I'll just interject a few thoughts. Um, I mean, there's there's going to be other speed horses in here, that could compromise that seven to five shot, possibly. I mean, you got the two, uh, Mapolka and uh, the six horse, 
just okay is not okay. Uh, the first time uh, turfer, the 12, Jamaica Joy, uh, coming off of the uh, dirt sprint, probably will show some early lick. And if the 1A gets in off the also eligible. Um, so there's, there's plenty of speed to keep that 7 to 5 busy early on. Um, I, I would be remiss if I mention a Maryland trainer, the infamous uh, Charlie L. Frock has the 10 horse, Mike's girl. Uh, I was up uh, Saratoga on Friday and met and saw that there was a horse that was previously trained by uh, Mr. Frock, uh, who it was obviously a private purchase. Uh, the horse's name was Baby Yoda, now trained by Bill Mott. And Baby Yoda was seven to two morning line, went off at like either eight to five or three to two and won by a few lengths. So um, Baby Yoda um, may have, have uh, quite the future, but um, Mr. Frock debuted Baby Yoda back at Pimlico at the bottom level maidens. <laughs> you could have claimed the horse for 10,000. And I'm sure he probably sold it for tenfold, but uh, I digress. So uh, Mike's girl uh, has the second highest uh, Brisnet uh, turf figure. This horse, horse is all turf. Can't do anything off of it. You know, comes off of a beaten claimer for 16 at Delaware. Uh, went gate to wire, which is... Uh, unusual uh, for uh, this horse, but uh, uh, worth a look since Jose is willing to take Mr. Frock's money to uh, sit on this one for a mile and a 16th. Uh, so uh, uh, there's one that I have uh, that I, I think can, can be in the mix. All right. Uh, I'm not using, but I wish you luck with Mike's girl. Yeah, this is a race that you mentioned it. Uh, I mean, the earlier speed races in the sequence, earlier turf races, lack speed on paper. This one has a bunch of speed on paper, but it is New York, so <laughs> one horse will go 50 and uh, two and uh, wire the field maybe, but we'll probably still get caught. Uh, but yeah, there does seem to be speed, and that could be an Achilles heel for the seven. My lips are sealed because this is a horse who always liked the lead, but last race at least showed, at least for a little bit, she can sit just off the pace. So uh, I'd assume that she can sit off the pace again. My lips are sealed, but I was looking for maybe some closers or some other alternatives or at least horses I can put underneath. Uh, and I found a few. Uh, we already mentioned based on music, but the five eclectic youth or electric youth, I blew it after all that. Uh, there's a horse who uh, was racing, was sprinting on the dirt. They tried her at this level on the turf last time, John Kimmel with Johnny V up, ducked in, uh, found self well back, I wrote. So she ducked in at the break and ended up being pretty far back. So uh, I don't know if she just lacks early speed. Figuring she, she was sprinting, stretching out, that she might show a little speed. But if you look, the, the pace was pretty quick. So that's one reason she was back also. Now, it was kind of a closer setup in that race, so I don't love that. But it was her first time on the turf. She did have some trouble early. So perhaps the five, uh, second time out on the turf, second time going long, Perhaps she can get a pace, and she should be able to improve off of that effort. Uh, the other horses, there were two others, the 
two horse MNI at 20 to one. This is a horse who I really normally wouldn't like, and I've been against this horse. She broke her maiden for a maiden 40 claimer, state bred, uh, three back on May 22nd with really a perfect trip. So off of that, I'm like, ah, I can't bet this horse. Went the 50,000 starter allowance, which I said is like this field. And she was 16 to one and, you know, coming off that perfect trip to beat cheap horses. Figure she didn't do much. Last race, she ran at this level against uh, some of these, and it did favor closers, but she was bumped at the start, cost her a few lengths. Um, again, I, I don't love her. I was just looking for closers here to go underneath the seven, so I thought maybe she could suck up saving ground. And then the six, just okay is not okay. Six to one, Todd Pletcher, Luis Saez. There's a horse who could show some speed, but more than likely will close. Uh, she is stepping up off her maiden win, and usually when maidens step up and they have to run faster to compete, I, I don't love it. But each race has been better than the next. I, I don't think this is a very strong race uh, for this level. I mean, I shouldn't say it's not very strong because a seven is very good for this level. Other than that, I don't really like anyone else. So for second, why not? If she sits off the pace, gets a good trip with Louie, can close a little bit, uh, she could be in the mix. So if I bet this race vertically, I would put the seven on top. And I would put the two, five, six underneath in triples, maybe supers also. I can put more whores in the in the last spot if I want. But that's kind of how I see this race. The seven is probably going to uh, win this, in my opinion. Sorry, short price. but So I'm singling a six-to-one morning line, which I hope to get that. I'm singling a five-to-two morning line, which could be a lot shorter. And I'm singling a seven-to-five morning line. So I have three singles in the sequence, so at least I won't be spending very much on the base ticket. Uh, any, any thoughts before we uh, wrap it up? No, I know this is not a Nirvana song, but uh, um, our lips are sealed. Does that one ring a bell with you? Our lips are sealed. Give me a hint. A female group. A female group? The yes, Bengals. Wrong female group. The Go-Go's. The Go-Go's. Is that our a song lips are think? sealed. And that was the old joke back then. It's like, you know, the, none of the Go-Go's can get pregnant. And it's like, why? Because their lips are sealed. It's inappropriate. <laughs> Thank you. You know how you upset Lady Gaga? No. You poke her face. Ah! Get it? Poke her face? That's like a joke. It's really going in the joke. wrong uh, direction. Anyway, go ahead. So th this is the... Part of the, the podcast that you like to uh, tout your uh, betting strategy for the pick five. All right. So, yeah, the, I kind of just alluded to it. But so in the pick yeah. five, in the first race, I'm probably going to single the nine. If I use others, I would use a four, five, six, seven again, because I have a cheap ticket. So I and the nine is apparently not going to be the favorite. So I could go four, five, six, seven, nine but pressing with the nine. So I could go five deep, but again, the nine is my main bet and I'll, I'll see what I do there. Race eight, I'm going to go four or five deep there. One, two, five, nine, maybe the four. So one, two, five, nine, maybe the four. The third leg, which is race nine, I'm singling the six. The fourth leg, I'm probably using the one and four. 
And by the way, that one Caravel was another Maryland trainer, Elizabeth Merriman. You missed your chance to give a plug there. But, yes, I, yeah, I, I bypassed that opportunity. All right, so, you got Frock in there, though. So it, it, Bobby Flay is the owner, which I had, haven't heard good things about, Mr. Flay. Uh-oh. Well, there goes another sponsorship. Both him and the Food Network yeah. now are out. Um, but, yeah, let me use one for him. If I single the nine in the first leg and the nine is like six to one, maybe I'll add the two chalk, but I don't know if I want to do that because it's not going to add that much to the bet. But just to survive this leg, I know that's not the smartest strategy. But mostly it's going to be one four there. And then the last leg, I'm going to single the seven. So at the widest I'll be would be five in the first, five horses in the second, single, two horses, single. So what's that? $25 ticket, my wide ticket. So I might do that and then press with my singles. That's most likely what I'll do because it's so cheap. Uh, but that's how I'm playing. I told you the verticals. There's a couple of races I'm going to bet, especially race seven I'm looking forward to. Any uh, any final words of wisdom before we wrap it up? Zero words of wisdom ever come out of my uh, mouth. So no, come on. There was that one time in 2011. Don't sell yourself short. Come on. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. I I um no. Uh, we I think we we did a good job this week without having a guest. We kept <laughs> things interesting. But hey, the next two weeks. And moving forward, uh, the, the guest list is uh, filled. So um, good things to come. Yep. We got some good guests lined up. Uh, yeah, well, we'll leave it at that maybe. We won't, yeah. uh, we'll tease it a little bit. But, yeah, I think you'll enjoy the next couple of weeks of guests. Next week is a guest that I lined up that I think will be great. And uh, GQ has one for two weeks from now who, uh, based on his 40-minute phone conversation you just had with him, I'm sure where he was laughing the whole time, I'm sure it'll be a – wonderful visit so good luck this weekend hope you hit them big enjoy saratoga if you're up there and we'll talk to you next week bye bye